Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Brian Murphy and Kendrick Johnson. Uh, look at us, we're all rocking our, uh, repping our, our NBA team apparel, Kendrick with the LA Lakers, me and the Boston Celtics, and, uh, and Brian with and the And this Mavericks. wasn't planned. I it know was you, not, it's completely a, by a coincidence. A couple days ago you did say you were going to, after they beat the Lakers, you were like, oh, I'm going to wear my Celtics shirt, but I kind of forgot about it. And I'm like, the they got to go to Staples, I'm not yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, they got to go through the Mavs first. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, and the Mavs played tonight, so I was like, I'm going to throw on my Lucas yeah, shirt, just so by coincidence, but no, we're not here to talk NBA basketball, unfortunately. And nope, we are still going to continue our discussion, picking up where we left off on Monday as we continue to uh, bust out our uh, our mid-district progress reports and just kind of uh, you know going district by district and just kind of evaluating what we've seen so far in high school basketball. Um, we're doing uh, doing the uh, the uh, the girls basketball teams this week, so um, we started on uh, on Monday with Class Six A. We're going to kick it over then and talk some Five A today as well. Just a little a little cursory discussion on some Four A and some private school stuff as well. Um, so, um, yeah, there's obviously plenty to discuss, so let's get right to it. Um, let's let's start over in District 85A, Brian, with um, Little Elm, the Colony, and Lake Dallas, um, all three of which are in contention for playoff spots, mm-hmm. but all of whom are playing uh, playing catch-up to Denton Braswell at the top of the district. Um, to give you just a quick rundown of what the records are as the second half of district play gets underway, you have Braswell undefeated at the top at 6-0, and uh, Lake Dallas in second place at 6-1, and um, the Colony in third place at 5-2, and Little Elm Tied with Denton Ryan at the moment, three and four uh, for fourth place. Uh, Denton High is in sixth at one and six, and then Justin Northwest rounds out the pack in seventh at zero oh and seven. Um, so with Little Elm, um, I mean with Denton Ryan, I mean, you look at that first meeting between Little Elm and, uh, and Denton Ryan now, and how much that could uh, kind of impact Where the scope of things going forward. A one point one victory point for one. the Lady Lobos, and that's enough to give them right now. If the playoffs were to start today, that would give Little Elm the inside track. Um, you know, obviously they still have to play Ryan one more time, um, but. Nevertheless, though, um, a nice, so an encouraging bounce back year for uh, for Little Elm, and it sounds like they've uh, they've got quite the freshman who's leading the charge there. Yeah, so I, I was looking at the area, you know, points per game leaders for the girls, and you know, Amarachi, Amarachi Kimpson, who you're referring to, she's what top twelve ish in the area. You know, some of the names around her are players from. You know Argyle and, and Duncanville and Irving MacArthur in the Colony, so yeah. she's she's in some good company, averaging you know 18 and a half points per game as a freshman. She's the main reason, uh, and Coach Coffey's done a great great job there in her first year as a head coach. And against the top three teams, they've struggled. You know, as expected, they've actually played well against the Colony. I, I saw them play the first time back in December. They kind of kept it close uh, until. Um, 
Tamara Jones, is that her first name? Tamia. Tamia Jones, sorry. <laughs> Tamia Jones hit like seven threes or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I went up to uh, the calling coach after the game. I was like, man, that was like some Steph Curry stuff. What, <laughs> what just happened? Uh, but if she didn't do that, that game would have been a lot closer. Uh, but yeah, against Braswell and Lake Dallas, they, they've struggled a bit. But against the rest uh, of the competition, the Justin Northwests and, and the Denton Ryans and the Dentons, you know, they've taken care of business. They got that big win, like you mentioned, against Ryan. I think that's what it's going to come down to, you know, especially if they beat Ryan in the second half of the district also. So they, you can you can bank that they locked up that yes. in that fourth playoff spot. Um, you know, you look elsewhere within the district, and I mean, Braswell was a team that I don't know. Maybe it's just because again they're not part of our coverage area, so I don't know if we necessarily if you know if this was expected mm-hmm. they were going to make this big run and just uh, have the, kind of their first breakout season because they are ranked top ten in the state right now, um, and they haven't really met a whole lot of resistance from eight five A. I mean, of mm-hmm. all the, of their six games, all of them have come by double digits. The closest anybody's got was Lake Dallas, lost to them by. 14 points and the thing is is that you see with this Braswell team is that they start so hot in these uh, these meaningful games against the Colony and Lake Dallas against the Colony they were up 14 to 5 after one quarter against Lake Dallas it was 14 to 6 and they do such a good job of playing with a lead um, and they're just such a it's such a tough team to match up with because there isn't any one player to key in on you know they've had um, of their six district ball games they've had five different leading scorers I mean, so that's just that's Man. the kind of depth of the. I mean, you uh, you welcome that if you're if you're a Braswell. So there, it's not like a like of a colony or whatnot yeah. where you where you know who you're locked in on. And we talk about that a lot in basketball. It's like, all right, if you have that one superstar or two superstars like the colony, you can do a lot. But what if you have five, you know, really really good players? And, and that, yeah. they kind of remind me of like a. I'm not saying they're as good, but they kind of reminds me reminds me of like a, a Mansfield Timberview boys from mm-hmm. last year. They didn't really have a superstar, but they beat so many good teams that had a superstar on them because they had, like you mentioned, you know, their entire starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Could lead the, their, the team in scoring and sound defense. They held Tamia Jones to just seven points yeah. in the last time they played. Like, who does that? <laughs> and that's, as well, that's I, it. and I got to see them against Lake Dallas, and that was what really stuck out was the aggression that they play with on defense. They're just such a. I mean, it's like if you were to go into a laboratory and like, okay, I'm just going to concoct the most, the, the the worst type of team for any opponent to play against. Yeah. A team that's a deep with its scoring options. They're incredibly athletic. They're long. They play really hard on defense, um, and they, they've just they've made things just an absolute pain on the other elite teams in this district, Lake Dallas and the Colony, and there really isn't a whole lot of evidence that I mean, there was a moment there like, so the Colony made, uh, there were a couple moments there when they made um, a couple little mini runs and cut it down to like, you know, two points or four mm-hmm. points and whatnot, but Braswell had a response you know, all game long, it's just, and then uh, you know, Lake Dallas had a moment there in the second half of its game where they switched to a zone defense, and that kind of, you know f- you know flustered Braswell a little mm-hmm. bit, but then they adjusted to it and ended up, you know, winning by double digits, just no one's been able to figure out a recipe over the course of four quarters in this district to get it done. You can have moments of success here and there, but just the overwhelming uh, balance of what Braswell brings to the table has just been too much so far. Um, you know, you look at how a team like like Lake Dallas, which I mean, I, we figured they'd be mm-hmm. solid coming into the season, given that they returned their entire starting five. Now, obviously, expectations were maybe a little bit um, you know off kilter a bit when you learn you know early in the season that Mackenzie Buss, who is the reigning district newcomer of the year, she was uh, ravaged by an ACL injury in her sophomore seasons up in smoke um, but you know between the Elliott sisters Jojo and Georgia you know they've I mean they've reprised their roles and expect it seems like Georgia Elliott's taken a particularly noticeable leap from her freshman year and she had I think against the colony it was like 33 points in that win wow. um, you know Dorian Norris as steady as it is you know she's been their leading scorer a bunch um, you know throughout the season um, you know Bailey Broughton Allie Buchanan I mean there's a lot of capable players that they bring to the table and you see and again it's it, they just against a team like Braswell though the athleticism that Braswell brings is kind of the intangible there versus a team like Lake Dallas, but 
you know, with the dynamic between Lake Dallas and the Colony um, when they played earlier in the season, that was kind of the first big, like, oh, wow, okay, Lake Dallas is, they have taken a step. Mm-hmm. When they, uh, I mean, when Jewel Spear and Timia Jones go off for 55 combined points against Lake Dallas, and Lake Dallas still wins by 14. My gosh. Um, and that just kind of, uh, I mean, it explains, A, like, Lake Dallas's depth is, is for real. I mean, you wonder what it could be if they had Buss, who was, you know, arguably their best player last season. Um, but nevertheless, this Lake Dallas team is in pretty firm position to lock up at least a, a top two seed. We'll find out, I guess, their chances of maybe contending for a district title within the next week because um, on Friday they play at the Colony. You're going to rematch there. And then Tuesday they get their second crack at Braswell. Um, you know, With the Colony, they were the projected frontrunner coming into the season just because we know what that team did last year running mm-hmm. the table in district and, um, and just the, the top-shelf talent they have with Jones and Spear, both of whom were nominated for the McDonald's All-American game. Um, but you're kind of seeing, though, that it's, and again, those two are great. They can get you 25 a night, which is something that, I mean, how many teams outside of maybe McKinney North can say that? You have two players yeah. that are capable of going off like that. But you're kind of seeing, though, that there is, um, at least against the upper echelon teams in the district, there is kind of a limit on how far those two can take them. I was curious, just on the year, how many times um, the Colony has had a, uh, a third score in double digits this season. Um, because, again, you know what you know what Jones and Spear can get you. <laughs> That's a good stat. I, how many is it? Um, it's at least, again, there were some box scores that were incomplete, but it's mm. at least six. So not a ton. Man. Um, and that's kind so, of been the thing is that you know that you know that a, you know Spear and Jones are going to go nuts, but if you can just, like Lake Dallas, I mean, they let those two have, I mean, 55 points is just about as close to the ceiling as it's going to get for those two. Mm-hmm. It feels like, and again, Lake Dallas still was able to win that game pretty comfortably, but, um, you know, that's where you look to, um, you know, players like Araya Cotto, who's got a lot of, you know, a lot of meaningful minutes on varsity over the years, that if she can, you know, and the thing is, is when they do get that third score in double digits, they might be undefeated. I think it's something. I mean, it's a pretty impressive record that when they do have three scores in double digits, and if they can, you know, kind of get that as kind of a supplement to, um, you know, to what Tamia Jones and Jules Spear can do, then um, it certainly raises their ceiling. And perhaps you could see them maybe draw even with Lake Dallas and whatnot, and perhaps maybe should, you know turn in a, a better effort against Braswell. Because I mean, we know. I mean, just those two alone are going to give you a fighting chance every night. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, though, it's going to take a little bit more against these deeper teams, um, you know, that also have some pretty high-level talent as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I feel like we have our at least the top three as far as you know, pretty much certainties for the uh, for the playoff picture. Again, we'll have to see what happens in that little um, Dent Ryan rematch. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got five teams that are all capable of you know getting into the playoffs. Man, you with Ryan, they've been so close too. They've had to, at one point losses not just to Little Elm mm-hmm. but to Lake Dallas as well. Mm-hmm. So Dent Ryan just a hairline away from maybe cracking into that. Imagine if they win those two games. I know. Oh yeah, then yeah. it's the, the narrative is completely different mm-hmm. right now. Uh, the chaos would ensue. Oh yeah. Then um, all right. Well, so let's uh, so let's look at District Eight Five A and kind of where we're uh, kind of leaning there right now. Kendrick, we can chime in quickly and just quickly switch over to talk uh, some Ten Five A. What you said about the about the second score, I'm, I'm looking in the incomplete box scores are McKinney uh, North. They have six. Oh yeah. Times, so somebody's got double figures. So I probably just on average because it's like five, five or six games. I'm pretty serious. Probably about eight times. Really. But the leading scorer, other than like a, 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 a blowout game, is Chelsea Wooten or Mario Fields. For sure. That's who's been carrying them in district so far. Fields has had a, a stretch where she had 35 and 25 last week to win two big games against Wiley East and Princeton, mm-hmm. who they needed to beat after they lost. They got upset by. Uh, Denison, the strong yeah. district, which was a surprise to everybody, because everybody thought it was going to be them and Wally East. So Wally East became a must win, not a hope to win um, last Friday, and they got the job done with a 60 to 53 win. 
Fields had 34, and Wooten had 19. So, what's that quick math? 3, 1, 53 out of 60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of been par for the course, though, for McKinney North this year. Wasn't there a game where those two accounted the for Princeton all but one point? Princeton game. Yeah. Wooten had 24, Amaria Fields had 25, and um, somebody else had one. Aren't they freshmen and sophomores? Or are they both sophomores? Senior and sophomore. Senior and junior. Senior and junior, okay. And the crazy thing with North, a lot of people talked about, they have a heralded class that's in middle school, at Johnson Middle School. I'm going to go check them out. That's all. I've been hearing about these girls really? for two years. And I've had scouts, coaches, really? people outside the community. But You're going to go to an eighth grade game. Check, check, them, check them out. They're supposed to be. The when do they, they play? I'm like, walking uh, the beat I'm right like, there. <laughs> they're, 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 they haven't lost uh, in that. And the, the team is averaging over 60 points. Yeah. Middle school. Hmm. And the girls could score about 50 of those 60 points. Yeah. To be fair, I guess I don't know if that is good for middle school levels. <laughs> I guess I don't I've been okay, doing it. Just people in high school that score yeah. teams are not little around scoring 60 points yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this team in high school mm-hmm. is not scoring 60 points a game as a team. <laughs> with um, with District 10 5A, it's, the thing I think we're learning right now about it's that North district. North and Wiley East and everybody else. Well, I I'll th- take that back. Denison got to do something because they got to win. Well, right now there's a three-way tie for first place, and um, it's between McKinney North, Wiley East, and Lovejoy is also in that mix. They're three and one as well because this, this district is still pretty pretty young. So Dennis lost, I'm sorry. Dennis has lost twice? Yes. Okay. Um, but the thing, I think the thing we're learning, so Denison's in fourth place at 2-2, two and two, then Princeton 1-3 and three in fifth place, and then Sherman is 0-4 oh and 4 Dennis and 6. Is, uh, Princeton's a team that will upset somebody. They, I remind me how, they remind me of a, a girl version of the boy team in 9-6-A boys. They're going to upset somebody. Well, because you look at their results so far, I mean, they only lost by 5 to McKinney North, they lost they're, by 5 to Denison, and then only 1 to Lovejoy. So they're, 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 they're knocking on that door. So I think there's like, yeah, like I think, because even though McKinney North and Lovejoy and Wiley East are all tied right now, eventually there's going to be some separate you know, Lovejoy and Wiley East already played. East won that game pretty convincingly. Uh, Lovejoy and North won't play until uh, on Friday. So again, we'll see a little bit of separation in the uh, in the coming uh, you know in the in the coming days. But I think the the message right now is that outside of again Sherman, like there really isn't like a layup in this district, and that you have those top five are all capable of ganging up on each other. And someone's gonna be let on the outside looking mm-hmm. in right now. See that Princeton, but I would not be surprised if they. Yeah, I was very impressed with them. They play hard. They just got a bunch of young team that doesn't know how to close, but they're not going to get blown out by anybody. I saw them against uh, against Lake Dallas, ironically, enough, at, the, at the McKinney North Holiday Tournament. That um, who's their uh, their forward, Rayleigh Cave? Yeah, the, the, the little sophomore twenty two. She's a yeah. yeah she she's, can she's, she's she can clean house on the boards. Yeah, she was getting boards like Dennis Rodman in yeah. this prime against <laughs> Lake Dallas. And then she hit the ground and get right back up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was a she was a scrapper. Um, with Lovejoy, I mean, they've kind of been living a little bit dangerously of their three wins. Two of them have come by one point over Denison and against Princeton. I um, to beat. So yeah. I mean, but nevertheless, they are getting an incredible year out of Carson McFadden, who's one of their most tenured members on varsity. Um, she's got 14 points, nine rebounds, and four and a half steals. Um, so yeah, some quality work being done by her. But again, though, it's they've already got the the loss to Wiley East, and again, it wasn't particularly close. So again, they'll and I again, if McKinney North is you know if that talent is what it's been you know against everybody but Denison, then you'd think that North would have a bit of an edge in that yeah. matchup as well. I so think I think I'm gonna find out where I might be at on Friday now. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lovejoy might end up. I didn't know that. Whatever game, I really uh-huh. was thinking about that. <laughs> See, it feels like Lovejoy's probably going to settle in somewhere around uh, four, you know, four, yeah, on third, the third or fourth. Yeah, we're, yeah, again, yeah, they could they could very well lose to Princeton in that rematch. But yeah, you're seeing a lot of parity in this district, which I I don't know because I kind of like you. I kind of expected that North and Wiley East might be a bit further ahead, but who knows? I mean, obviously there's still plenty of ways to go, and that could eventually reveal itself. But right now, though, it's it does feel like it's anyone's district. Other than volleyball, this particular district, as my man over here would know, 
struggles in the regular season, but come the postseason, they be cutting them Frisco heads when they get to the playoffs. All I gotta say is softball. All I gotta say is basketball boys last year. <laughs> Baseball. Basketball boys. Who did McKinney North beat last Actually, year? They went three deep last year. Yeah, but Not who, 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 who did the boys? Those who, are their boys. Oh, I know. Who did they lose to though? <laughs> who did they lose to though? The, the second Frisco team that they played. They, did. Yeah, they got beat by by a Frisco Lone Star. They went on to to upset Lancaster. But who's McKinney North going to play? In the first round of the playoffs, you, you know I know, but I don't know because well, that, yeah. Let's let, it, we can transition right now and talk some nine five a and then over in Frisco ISD. Yeah, this the standings. Like top for four place, so I'm not. There is so there's five teams right now fighting for. What, there's four teams fighting for three spots essentially. Liberty, man, I give them an A plus. They like I've Co- mentioned them before. Coach, Coach Reedy, Coach Reedy, Ross Coach Reedy. Reedy. He, he's my five A um, Coach Belcher, pound for pound, great coach <laughs> and great guy. So he's the the Bill Belichick of. Of <laughs> check that resume from Rodney Belcher to Bill Belichick. That's quite the leap, <laughs> man. No, but he's, I don't. I don't know. They're twelve and zero, and I, it's time we really start respecting Liberty. That you know, it's it's their district oh, now to. <laughs> it's their district to lose. They do play Frisco Memorial on Tuesday. In That's what a game, should right? be a huge game, you know, Memorial's ten and two. They're red hot now. They now have, I think, a, poss- uh, a possible leading candidate for district MVP in Jasmine Lott. Yeah. She's averaging twenty is points that a per sophomore? game. She is a sophomore. Okay, I saw her at the at the. Um, they played the, the Dunkin' tournament, right? Yes. Okay. They should have. Good. Legit. <laughs> she is. She is. I, I saw her play Reedy. Uh, she dropped uh, twenty against Reedy uh, last week. But the three best players in this district, I've said it before, are sophomores. Mm-hmm. Kyla Deck at Lone Star. Jazzy Owens Barnett at Liberty uh, and Jasmine Lott at Memorial. And what do you know? Those are the three top teams right now in the district. Grand Lone Star's in a, in a three-way tie with Reedy and Centennial. But, man, I, I don't know. It's it's really going get, to get crazy down the stretch um, with those three teams, Lone Star, Reedy, uh, Centennial. Centennial has an easy stretch. No, I don't want to offend anyone, but they play Frisco, Heritage, and Wakeland. I mean, they're 3-9, 2-10, and 1-11. Those are their next three games. Wait, so you, that bad? In girls basketball, yeah, they've they've been they've been out of the mix for a couple years now. Um, their boys team's first place, but anyways, so you'd think those are three wins. So you think Centennial will be eleven and four going in two weeks from now? Uh, while meanwhile, Liberty Memorial they're they're going at it against each other. Uh, Reedy has a big game coming up against. Uh, they have a big game ten, uh, Friday. So Reedy and Liberty they play tomorrow. So they're going to fight each other. They're going to knock. You know, someone's going to get a loss there. A question for you. Who who from Lone Star? How many people pl- contributed to that playoff success? Like the Lone Star right, girls, yeah. Because all the team like that, they might sneak in third or fourth, but they know how to do what it counts. When it counts, they know what to do because they've been there. So, or it's just like a lot they of were them on the team, but they didn't play. Some of them were on the team but didn't play. Haley Carr, she was a, a key contributor. Now she's a, a big time contributor. She's a starter. Kyla Deck was a freshman last year. She's the younger sister of Mia Deck, um, and she's now their you know their top scorer. One of if not their best players overall, um, so she got some big time experience as a freshman last year. But you know, McKenna Long, she she you know she played a lot last year. She wasn't necessarily you know a, you know the, the star you know was Adrian Quezada and Mia Deck and those players Leah Harris and stuff. And but you know McKenna Long also got a lot of you know, playing time. She got hurt a couple weeks ago. I don't know her status now. Um, she rolled her ankle uh, against. Liberty, that wild game against Liberty on a Saturday a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm not sure if she's back. I haven't seen the play since. I'll have to cut, touch base with Coach Monsey. But they have a lot of those players. I mean, they were just, you know, 
not that you know they just saw it firsthand from the bench but they you know there's that winning tradition winning that winning culture at Lone Star and that, that carries them a long way even if they weren't big time players last year they've stepped into big time players this so year they used to be in that environment exactly that's what has an advantage over uh, Wiley East or McKinney North because these these teams yeah. like, though they get in the playoffs they haven't been on no sustained runs so that makes a big difference yeah and I man like I said I wouldn't sleep on Centennial man they because they've like I said, they have three easier matchups coming up next. They'll be eleven and four. They should be eleven and four. If they're not eleven and four, something crazy would happen. Madison Ott, um, one of their best players, she's nominated for McDonald's All American yeah. also. But she, it almost seems like she gets overshadowed in, in this district. But she's a tremendous player. Uh, also, Reedy is, is very well balanced. You know, one of the better defensive teams um, in the district. Uh, Caitlin Cheedy, I believe her name first name is Caitlin. Sorry, um, last name Cheedy. I saw her hit five threes against Memorial. And they, they, there's so many talented players. Um, in this district, yeah, and and they're already twelve games deep in district play. Um, but so, yeah, so it's going to come down to those four teams fighting for three spots. While Liberty might go eighteen and zero. Can you give us an MSP, a Murphy Sports prediction? Who's your four teams? Let me pull up these standings. Let me see. Let me kind of. I think it's going to be Liberty Memorial. Man, I, and I think it's ultimately going to be Lone Star and Centennial. I don't know who's going to be third. The and disrespect. I, <laughs> I, I've seen Reedy play a couple kidding. times now, but I'm kidding. I, I, I don't. It, it, so they want You can, yeah, you can flip a coin. Yeah, you you can be a twelve and six team possibly, and maybe be on the outside looking in. Maybe be eleven and seven. I don't know. It's. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but someone's going to be left out. We're kind of noticing a theme, though, with these three districts that we've discussed and that it's basically five teams that are vying for four playoffs. But there's going to be some playoff-caliber team that ultimately gets left out. But it seems like the area as a whole is down this year. After last year, having the, all these McDonald's All-Americans, you're, you're MVP, you're MVP, you're MVP. This year, it's like it's very even. And, you yeah, got a bunch and, of and even in my talent, district. The talent is very young or it's on the way. Yeah, yeah, because my district, the, ta- the the super mega talent is the sophomores. Yeah. But last year it was Quezada and Randy Thompson who oh, both play in D one now. And then I the, oh, the three nine six eight girls. And to be fair, yeah. yeah, last year might be kind of an outlier yeah, in the exactly. grand scheme of things because yeah, usually you're Man. not getting three McDonald's yeah. All Americans in a single district like we had in nine six. Well, that's not the same season. area. Yeah, like they may have one in Duncanville in the same county. Calling all in the same pocket of one from our leadership area, one from like West Texas, but not in the same yeah the same county yeah. Um, but then you look at a district like 11-5A where it feels like you've got your four playoff teams kind of decided right now. Again, the seeding is still up in the air. Um, the only thing that feels certain right now is that Highland Park is going to be the one seed. So um, we'll just talk, the again, the four teams that are in playoff contention there. Highland Park is undefeated in the district at, at 8-0. Then you have a second-place tie between Newman-Smith and Woodrow-Wilson at 6-2. And, and then one game back at 5-3 and in fourth place is Creekview. Um, as I mentioned, yeah, Highland Park has just kind of laid waste to this district of their, um, their eight wins. They've all been by at least 30 points. The average margin of victory is 51.1 points. Jeez. Everybody so, gets to play. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Lots of emptying of You get some minutes. You get some minutes. <laughs> you in the stands. Come on down. You get some minutes. Uh, Highland Park. Yeah, Highland Park is putting in work in 11 University Park. Um, <laughs> So, yes, Highland Park is well on its way to a district championship over an 11-5A girls. Um, the more interesting subplot, though, is kind of the 
the picture behind them. And again, Newman Smith and Creekview, how it appears those two programs are bound for playoff berths. Um, it looks like, again, Newman Smith and, and uh, Wilson are tied for second right now at 6-2. and two. Um, Does feel like Newman Smith has a bit of an inside track on that. Um, they've already got wins over Wilson and Creekview. They have two losses only because they've played Highland Park twice because mm -hmm. the second half started on Tuesday. So they already got, I could say they already got their hard point out the skate. Yeah, way. pretty much. So, I mean, it's the, the deck is kind of cleared for them to now potentially run the table the rest of the way and potentially get a two seed. Um, I'm going to be curious what happens in that rematch against Creekview, though. That was a game that, albeit you look at the score and you see that it was 56 to 43 in favor of Newman Smith, this was a one point game heading into the fourth quarter, and then Newman Smith just went nuts, outscored him 23 to 9 the rest of the way. Um, you had huge nights from, uh, from Adia Cobb, Jada Ship. They really impressed for Newman Smith. Jada Ship, in particular, has had a pretty strong year. She's coming off a run where I want to say it was something like four out of five straight games. She had at least 20 points scored, so some quality work there. Um, you know, Creekview, they had a really, really close loss to Wilson, 38-35. That's kind of set them back into the four seed. Um, but nevertheless, though, that's close enough to where you could maybe, you know, see things flipping the other way in the rematch. You know, they're being led by uh, Michaela Holly, who, as we've mentioned, like many of the girls on this podcast, a McDonald's um, All-American nominee. Um, but yeah, it does feel like, again, the, uh, the top spot is all but decided right now in that district, but two, three, and four still very much in flux between Newman Smith, Creekview, and Woodrow Wilson. Um, let's see. Let's um. Let's 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 see. That's uh, that can be it for five A. Let's um talk a little bit of a uh, little bit of four A stuff. We got a couple teams in four A that are um that are uh, on the uh, on the radar for sure. Um, Argyle. Argyle's uh, who are they? Yeah, what have they ever done? Um, yeah, Argyle girls basketball is in pursuit of a sixth, yes, count it sixth consecutive state championship this year. They have on um, they are on a uh, a, a uh, special. Didn't their best player was, just uh, get hurt again? Yeah, yeah the, the girl got hurt. I don't know her name, but she tore yeah. ACL. But the girl that merged as the best player last year is back and better. But basically, mm -hmm. I have names for these players too. If we want to <laughs> apply that to it too, yeah, we're talking. Yeah, the player who got hurt, unfortunately, yes, yeah, Sydney Standifer. She got hurt last year as well. Had to miss the season with an ACL injury and then same thing just happened you know just the uh, like I guess at the start of the month she was um, ruled out for the year with an ACL so yeah I mean Clemson commit you know she's um, one of the you know one of the top players in the state and just for the second straight year Argyle's got a soldier through the postseason without her um, but you talked about though the player that was able to kind of emerge though in her wake and that was Riley McKinney another McDonald's All-American nominee oh, she's it, legit she is amazing yes I got to see them um, covering the uh, the state tournament last year when they uh, when they took down uh, Lincoln Lincoln, Lincoln in the semis, and then yeah, Hard Jefferson in the in the state yeah. title game, and yeah, and the Kenny a rematch. I almost will guarantee. Um, I, I got some inside of Hard Jefferson. I covered the area mm -hmm. way back, and I've seen them play this year in that Duncanville tournament. And they have um, I can't. Uh, I'm bad with names. They're the best sophomore in the nation. I remember seeing uh, her. Yeah, yeah, she's she better. But what they did is they got the players around her better, and they're gearing everything towards Argyle to the point where they a four A team came to that Duncanville tournament where you got some of the best teams in the nation. State champions from California, state champions from Arkansas, and they played and they got seven plays out of the 50 teams. Okay. Little Foy, Harden Jefferson, all to try to beat Argyle. Because they're not going to see that competition in um, Beaumont, Southeast Texas. Mm -hmm. region. So they're focused on taking down Argyle. That'll be the only team that can take them down. Argyle played in an Orlando tournament? No. What was that? Really? I'm looking at, like, during the holidays, it oh. says Orlando. They played teams from, like, Pennsylvania and Illinois. Why not? They're taking down everybody what in four in Texas. Why not? Just, just like Harding Jefferson, they, they got to they challenge themselves. Yeah. Because they're not going to see that competition during the, wow. during the season. That's how Harding Jefferson is. So, both these teams, I think, know they're going to see each other, is my point. Mm -hmm. So, they're gearing up to see each other because... 
Well, I mean, if listen, if you take any credence in these state rankings right now, Argyle is currently number two in the state. They were one for a little How while. How do you win five state titles and you don't even you're not even ranked number one? Like, well, because Canyon, and if you look at there, because someone when you're yeah. when the team that's ranked number one's only lost well, one time all year. Rankings? Argyle's two. Yeah, Canyon's currently number What's one. Jefferson? Three. Uh, that's two teams I need to worry about. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, is that Canyon and Argyle are going to cancel each other out because they're in the same region, the same so region. they'll see each other before the state tournament, most most likely. Now, Argyle's had to, they've had to scrape and claw for uh, you know for a couple of these victories in district play. Um, they've only I guess they're three and zero in district, but two of those games have been decided by two points or less, including a game against um, just uh, just on Tuesday against Crum that they had to win in overtime, fifty three to fifty two, and I want to say they were actually down by three in the closing Yikes. seconds of regulation. Riley McKinney gets fouled and has to go and sink. It might have been three free throws <laughs> and she knocks down all three. Are they undefeated this year? Argyle? Argyle in district they are so far, but again, they've only played three district games, yeah, so it's still a really young Ashley schedule. Jackson is the girl I'm talking about. She's the top sophomore in the state. Ashlyn Jackson? Um, but yes, uh, Riley McKinney, she's been amazing, but they've got so much back from that team last year. Bailey Timmons, Brooklyn Carl, who's one of the top assist leaders in the in the Metroplex. Um, I mean, so there again, it, it does... That's Smells like a rematch. It does stink that Standifers hurt because again, it's just you, you know, it was such such you know unfortunate luck you know last season to you know to lose your junior year to an ACL and then as a senior you're hoping you get a chance to finally kind of go out on your terms and oh yeah, just an unfortunate break for Argyle. But yes, nevertheless, the Lady Eagles are uh, are surely looking at another deep playoff run and we'll see what happens again when they draw Canyon if that uh, matchup does indeed uh, bear out um, what will happen. But yes, Argyle right in the state championship radar as they've been for again the last. Again, this is now six consecutive state championships they're going for. Um, one of the great runs in, uh, in Texas high school girls basketball history. Um, how's Solana doing, Brian? You know, they're no Argyle, but they're well, not, they're not yeah. bad. They're, you know, they, <laughs> they, they've, uh, they've gotten four district games under their belt already, and it's gone as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, the top three teams in the playoffs were um, Melissa, Aubrey, and Sanger. Well, Salon had to play those three teams first to start off district. They lost all three games, um, and then they had a bounce-back win against Gainesville. They beat them 61-15. to mm-hmm. um, They're led once again by Kai Gastineau and, and Carly Cheeseman, and Kristen Cole, head coach, is back her second year, uh, the, fo- the former um, All-American, former Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, college basketball player. Kristen Cole's doing a great job um, with the program. Um, but it's looking like my prediction of them somewhere, you know, getting the four seed the, uh, is, is still looking intact. Mm-hmm. As long as they take care of business against um, Anna, uh, who they play tomorrow night, uh, and then they come back around and they play the, the big three again, Aubrey, Melissa, and Sanger. Last year they beat Sanger one of those times. Um, it would be big if they could get a win over Sanger, maybe get that three seed, maybe avoid what happened last year when they played Lincoln in the first round. And that's a bad, you know, that's a recipe for disaster for almost any team. Yeah, that Lincoln team is really good. They almost beat Argyle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you, you, kinda, you definitely want to avoid that first round matchup. So, you know, maybe upset on Melissa, maybe upset on Aubrey. Who knows? But they'll, they'll get that chance um, here uh, later this month and then going into the first week of February. We can close us out then with a look at um, just some of the developments over on the private school uh, hardwood as um, as Prestonwood Christian John Paul have uh, are fully immersed in district play. Um, it feels like we're kind of heading toward a scenario where those two plus Bishop Lynch are kind of uh, expected to vie for the district title, and they've all they've all played each other, so we have an idea as to how they match up. And all games between those uh, those three have been competitive, gone right down to the wire. You are seeing there's a little bit of separation for Prestonwood right now. Prestonwood is uh, is undefeated in district. I got to see their game against. 
John Paul, a game that I was, I've been, I mean, the John Paul Prestonwood rivalry hardly ever disappoints when it comes to <laughs> basketball. Um, I was particularly looking forward to this this uh, this matchup just because, you know, with John Paul, their girls team is having its best season since the state championship run, you know, about five, six years ago. And then with Prestonwood, I mean, they've they graduated some pretty solid seniors last season in Peyton Hicks and Claire Traeger, and they've been a little bit banged up throughout the preseason, but they finally got all their pieces back, and they're finally starting to now get to, you know, kind of get to where head coach Holly Mulligan envisioned them going, <laughs> and just to see what it all meant then against a team that is as surging as John as, as John Paul, who, as we mentioned back um, around the holidays, they were uh, like, the, like the first private school team to win the DISD tournament since like the 70s. Whoa. So John Paul's been rolling this year, and then Preston Wood, they, uh, oh. yeah, they, they scraped a, a tough <laughs> one out against John Paul um, in a game that, uh, you know, you're anxious to see, okay, so how's Preston Wood going to approach Nevaeh Tot, you know, the star point guard for John Paul in Oklahoma commit, another McDonald's All-American nominee, um, one of the top players in the state, as well as Nevaeh Perkinson, who's their star post, um, and just an absolute matchup nightmare for any front court in tap. How did Preston Wood beat them? Because I know they, they, they're anti-double team they, uh, on people, so. Well, they basically, they ran a triangle in two zone for a lot of the first half. Then it felt like they switched to kind of a more a traditional 2-3 in the second. Um, and they, they basically had Kendall Parker, who was a transfer from Plano oh, East, and she, they, she would get, I think she would get Plano East over the hump if she was on that team. They put, um, yeah, they put her on Tot, and she held her to, I want to say, four points. I mean, it was some really, really impressive work. And again, this is against one of the top point guards in the, uh, in the, uh, in the state. I think Todd attempted maybe one shot in the first half just because, again, like Parker was her shadow, essentially, for those, uh, for those 16 minutes. Um, and then with, uh, with Parkinson, they, um, they just kind of swarmed her in the paint. But then on the other end, they really committed an effort to trying to get her in foul trouble. And they, uh, you know, they were attacking the basket, and they didn't have a ton of success with it early on. You know, a lot of block shots and whatnot, because that's what Nevaeh Parkinson will do. But then as the game wore along, they kind of chipped away, and she started racking up some fouls. And then eventually, she fouls out in the fourth quarter. And with, you know, with her out of the game, I mean, there really wasn't much there to deter Prestonwood from getting to the basket um, as well as they did. Um, you had players like Jordan Webster, another McDonald's All-American nominee. Um, you know, then... Uh, you know Morgan Hervey. Um, I mean, just uh, Kirsten Johnson. I mean, they've they've got you know plenty of names that have experience at the varsity level and are accustomed to making deep playoff runs. But then to now see it now kind of come through against an elite team like John Paul, it really does make you think for this Prestonwood team. Like they've been right on the doorstep for so yeah, many years now of getting that state championship since they won it. Um, you know, back in what was it like 15 or 16, and whatnot. Um, so who knows? Again, we'll see because it's Bishop Lynch is going to have its say. Surely that program is always competitive. Um, John Paul the Finland station. Yeah. yeah. And then John Paul makes to see how that rematch goes because again, like Preston Wood won this game by, you know, not a ton, and this was with Nevaeh Totten. It was the best step because as you I'm, I don't know if y'all know sitting in all these games, especially um in the tight districts like the Frisco mm -hmm. or the Nantex A, how these games get officiated depend a lot mm -hmm. in who wins or not. Mm -hmm. If they let them play versus they call it tight. And that makes a big difference when you play in the playoff game and it's a one-shot deal. Well, both Prestonwood and John Paul are teams that very much rely on the top end of their of that rotation, um, whether it's, you know, Webster and uh, Johnson and Herbie for Prestonwood, Todd and Parkinson. Plus, I mean, again, like with, with Nevaeh, Todd kind of neutralized there in the first half that opened up a lot of open three-pointers for Kate Valley and Delana Haley, who just went nuts. And that was the reason why Prestonwood, why, uh, why John Paul kept it as close as they did until the end was because those two got loose from the outside. Um, because, yeah, I mean, 
you couldn't have schemed against Parkinson and Todd as well as Prestonwood did. I mean, again, I think those two combined for like nine points. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, to hold, yeah, to neutralize them to that effect. Um, again, we'll see if they can do it again because, again, this could be the potentially the first of uh, of three meetings between these teams. It's hard to be a team three times. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but nevertheless, yes, we're, uh, we're kind of laying the groundwork for some pretty some pretty fun basketball, though, over in the in the private school level between Prestonwood and, uh, and John Paul. Um, I don't know. That is all I had, folks. So, um, yeah, that's a look at uh, between what we did on Monday with 6A and then today with 5A, 4A in the private schools. That is kind of where things are at right now in our coverage area for high school girls basketball. And wouldn't you know, we're going to turn right around and do the same exercise next week for the boys' team. So until then, folks, um, hey, appreciate y'all checking this out. You enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.